Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Our number one of the get right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Jeffrey Carroll holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, we're with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Guest on the 20s here on this Thursday edition of your favorite night show here on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, Vach Lombardi at 720. Going to be joining us courtesy of the volume, talking uh, all things Cowboys in the National Football League ahead of Cowboys training camp just less than two weeks away. Botch Lombardi of the volume joins us at 720. At 820, we get you ready for the second half of your Texas Rangers season. Matt Hicks going to be joining us here on the show as well at 820 as the Texas Rangers get ready to open up their second half of the year against the Cleveland Guardians, the Guardians of the AL Central, I've heard. Uh, and then at 920, <laughs> Bobby Carella, a Mavs.com digital content manager, uh, going to be joining us at 920 talking all things Mavs. Summer League, is there another move or two left maybe uh, for these Mavericks to make? We'll talk to Bobby Carella uh, at 920 tonight. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, if you want to get at us on Twitter. We're also live on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. And on YouTube, search uh, 105 to the Fan on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button while you're there. I'm going to try to keep this show on the rails for the next four hours because when I tell you your boy is exhausted, uh, he's got uh, four hours to give, and he's going to give it everything he got. Because right now, whoo, been a long week. Did you just talk about yourself in the third person? I sure did. Okay. Yeah, sure Just did. checking. Just wanted to make sure that that's what I heard. I feel like it takes a very LeBron James-esque type of, you know, um, you know, personality to do something like that every so often. Because, you know, LeBron was out here saying, lucky for y'all, I'm coming back next year. Thank, thank you, LeBron, for for blessing us with your your non-retirement next year. Uh, text line again, 877-81-1053 uh, from the 469. Oh, that's sweet. Finally, the best four hours of the day. Love y'all. That's sweet. Thank you so much. Uh, from the 469, how y'all doing on this fine Thursday evening? I posed that question to you. How you doing this fine Thursday evening, sir? You want me to be honest? Yes. Ooh, I don't know if you want me to be honest. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this week. <laughs> okay, you just want to take over? So you got it. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm helping you out because I see that look on your face. I feel like I did not eat enough food today. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought I did. Uh-huh. And then about 20 minutes ago. It hit you? It slowed down. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to get into the snack. I got a snack. I got some snacks in there. You, you know me. I'll bring some snacks, too. I'm okay. going to get into that earlier rather than later. I got a little P3, you know, we'll protein see. pack. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. You Giving know. them advertising without even a. I'm asking for it. You know, it's actually, I actually kind of like those. Not going to lie to you. I had forgotten about them 
So it's a really kind of filling snack. You get a little, you know, like the one I had yesterday is like little chicken, uh, peanuts, and then like some, some cheese or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of give you a little bit of everything there uh, from the 940. This week, baby, those Rangers. That's right. All That's, of that. All of that. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, where did this one go? Oh, there we go for the fourth night. The only good part of working late, I get to listen to the get right. Yeah, that's that's a, that's very sweet uh, on the text line eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Again, at eight twenty, Matt Hicks going to be joining us. Lizardages, we'll be talking about. But let's get to this. Our first of many conversations tonight. The MLB's biggest questions going into the second half of the season, and this comes from our good buddies uh, Levi Weaver of the Athletic with the windup in conjunction with Ken Rosenthal uh, for their latest piece on the windup, the 10 biggest questions going into the second half of the year. And we'll start with one of these questions with cut number three because Buster Olney of ESPN had some interesting uh, information when it came to the game's biggest star, Shohei Otani, and the teams that could be suitors for him by the time we get to the August 1st trade deadline. Will the Angels move him before the August 1st trade deadline? Ryan, in talking with sources yesterday around baseball, as of this moment, he's not available. But that could be tested in the next two weeks because when you look at the Angels' schedule coming out of the gate, they're going to be facing a bunch of teams that they're actually chasing in the standings. Now, as of this morning, they're five games behind in the wild card race. According to Fangraphs, 11% chance of making the playoffs. But right out of the gate, they face the Astros this weekend. We have month Sunday Night Baseball. Then they face the Yankees. Then a couple series later, they're going to be facing the Toronto Blue Jays. These are all teams that they're chasing. That will give clarity to owner Artie Moreno as to whether or not he's going to potentially trade Otani. And look, the right baseball decision might be to flip Otani for three prospects who can help you going forward. But, man, it is going to be a difficult decision for Artie because, let's face it, trading a guy having arguably the greatest season we've ever seen, the most unique player we've ever seen, that's something that's going to cement Artie's name in history. Uh, you remember the name of Harry Frazee. He was the guy who dealt Babe Ruth from the Red Sox mm-hmm. to the Yankees. That's what uh, Artie would be looking at if he trades Otani out of Anaheim. So the question is simple. Will the Angels trade Shohei Otani? Because, of course, you got to the August 1st trade deadline to make something happen. And could the Rangers be one of those teams, along with maybe the Yankees, among others, that could be possible suitors for the best player in the game today? All right, let's handle the first part. Will the Ra- will the Angels, rather, trade Shohei Otani? And the answer is they probably should. Right? Like, this is the tough <laughs> thing about it, right? We start trying to figure things out. And I know for me personally, I can only speak for myself, but I imagine there's a lot of other people that would fall into this situation, which is, you know, we, we look at all the circumstances, tabulate them the best the way that we can, and come up with what is, like, the most reasonable response mm-hmm. in that situation, right? What 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 I imagine a reasonable person would do in that situation. What about the Los Angeles Angels says, says reasonable, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I don't know exactly how you go about this. And then also, like, I, that's probably not fair because putting them in the shoes of unreasonable when it comes to, like, probably the greatest player that we've seen um, in the last generation, maybe longer, right? Considering what he's doing and no shade to, or and with all due respect to Mike Trout, who's just been out there killing the game Bruh. quietly. Um, but no, this, this Shohei Otani thing is incredible. And I understand why you would look at that and go, give us every opportunity and every reason to try and, you know, retain that dude. 
The problem is, and maybe I'm just like buying into the hype that is, you know, around the media sphere. It doesn't seem like that dude wants to stay because the one thing that he has been very clear about is he wants to win. And they just haven't been able to do that over a fairly sustained period now with the Angels, with himself and uh, Mike Trout. With, you know, for whatever reason, right? If you want to talk about injuries and those things, but then also just outside of those two, da- two dudes, they just haven't done enough. Like, you, you even look at that rotation right now. It's Shohei Otani and some dudes, all due respect, right? So it just doesn't feel like that is enough to convince that dude. But maybe you're delusional or maybe you're in a place where you're close enough to that dude where you could feel like you have a chance. But it seems like the most reasonable uh, situation is you won the lottery in getting him to sign the, the first time, mm-hmm. right? You were able to cash in the money of, you know, the marketing or whatever that is when it comes to Shohei Otani. Now you have to make sure you don't let him walk out without also cashing in as well. And that is getting the prospects or the players that you can extract and sending him elsewhere. I mean, even even though it's like there's not a lot of controllable, uh, there's not a lot of time uh, remaining on his contract. He's not controllable in that way. But uh, people are willing to give something up for that player, for the opportunity to try and recruit from within or what have you. It would, it would make sense, at least in my estimation, to trade him. Are they going to do that? I have no idea. Uh, there's a certain pride and element that goes along with this if you're Artie Moreno, but I got a, you know something to tell Artie. Uh, sorry, Artie, you're going to just be the guy. Because to let Shohei Otani walk out the door for nothing and now be the guy that saw the arguably the greatest player that we've ever seen in the modern era walk out and you got nothing for him, yeah, that's bad business. So if you're Artie Moreno and the Angels – you may have to make the difficult decision to move on from Otani to at least allow your ball club to be in somewhat of a decent position to absorb the loss that would be a guy that's literally a $300 million pitcher and a $300 million hitter. you got to be able to do something there, and we'll see if Moreno makes that decision. Could be could the Rangers be one of those teams because you look at some of the other questions going into the second half of the year. Question number four for Levi Weaver and Kim Rosenthal of The Athletic. Can the Rangers stave Stave. off the Astros? They write, the Rangers were expected to be better this year, but nobody expected them to blitz through April and May like they did. They've regressed a bit of late, going 12-19 and in their last 31 games, while the Astros, six games back as recently as June 28th, are 6-4 and in their last 10, pulling within two games of first place even with Jose Altuve on the IL since July 4th. Of course, the Astros are heavy favorites coming into the season for the Rangers to emerge victorious. They'll need to get back to their run-scoring bonanzas that pepper their early schedule. Andrew Heaney and Martin Perez will need to rediscover their 2022 magic, and Aroldis Chapman will need to be the first bullpen addition, not the only one. This this is a question that is going to be obviously it's it goes without saying it's going to be like pivotal when it comes to these range this these Rangers down um the stretch of the second part of the season or the second half of the season. I don't know, man. Like the thing that I keep looking at with the Astros, they've had a lot of injuries when it comes to their rotation as well. And they're they're a team that you could easily be buyers and all that. Um and then I keep looking around at the market and as of yet it's still, it's still. I'm hard pressed to see the starting pitchers that are available, and you know that means that there's going to be a lot of teams that want those, and the price is going to go up. Price of brick goes up. I, I trust Chris Young. I trust this ownership, this management team, all of the, you know, all of those things, 
to go and make this team better, the question then becomes, like, how good do I think the Rangers actually are? And, I mean, I know that sounds like a simple question, but, like, clearly there's some level of good. Clearly. You don't get this far without being some level of good. Is that truly the level of good that had them, you know, 20 games above 500? Or is this the is it the level of good that's ultimately gets them winning 90-something games, right? Which is still very good. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are different different things. And I think that's the distinction that will determine if they are able to stave off the range or the Astros rather. It probably would be safer to say no, just understanding what the expectations were coming in, understanding that you've been playing. You've probably been a little bit over your skis, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And also probably is a little bit uh, more reasonable to these this team. Um, but I don't know. Maybe the team doesn't want you know more reasonable expectations. Maybe they want higher expectations that they could try and go hit. But I think it it's probably more fair to the entire project, understanding that we all came into the season expecting it to be a stepping stones toward rather than this is this is it. But man, you got you got to go for it when you have the opportunity, and I think they're going to try and go for it in a way. I just don't know how successful they'll be when you look at an organization over there in the Astros. Not to praise the Astros, but they've done this a little bit. They kind of have have gone through the ringer a little bit. They cheated as well, but you know they've had these experiences, and I wonder how if that helps them weather some of these a little bit more. And while yeah, some of the things that we've seen for the Rangers over their last ten games have been concerning, the overall storyline of this bullpen being inconsistent throughout the course of the year. That's a Conway opponent. Let's look at it through the eyes of the Tampa Bay Rays, if you will. The Tampa Bay Rays, like your Texas Rangers, went 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games leading into the All-Star break. Both the Rays and the Rangers are the top two teams in baseball in terms of run differential. The best teams in the game are going to go through stretches of poor play. The question is, for the Rangers, who look like they desperately needed the all-star break have now had a chance to rest, at least for some of these guys. We know they had six all-stars this year. Right. Uh, but can they start their second half of the year on a roll? Because it's not going to be easy coming out of the gate with the Guardians and the Rays and the Dodgers. It's going to be a difficult stretch to start off with. What we will find out about this team is can they start to turn it around but remain competitive enough to still be in place when it comes to at least a wild card spot, even if they're overtaken by the Houston Astros in the AL West division. Yeah, and folks, I mean, responding in on the text line, 877-881-1053, you, on YouTube, on Twitch, seem to largely lean to the idea that they probably won't stave off the Astros, but making the playoffs, right? Like, it's still... That's the goal. Still well within their range, at least in, in people's estimation, and I think that that's fair. Other questions that come as the start of the second half of the season begins... And it goes to a team that we were just mentioning. Can the Braves and the Rays continue their dominance? The Rays won opening day and haven't fallen out of first place since. That would be amazing if the Rays went wire to wire to win the AL East, given the teams that have actually been playing pretty well. The Boston Red Sox, as of late, have been pretty good 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, winners of five straight Baltimore has won five straight as well. Yeah, Baltimore's been a, a fun team. It's it's kind of nice seeing, and I guess this is just the nature of sports over time. You kind of see things turn over. The teams that have perpetually or seemed like they were kind of sitting in the bottom of the AL East are now the cream of the AL East. And you see kind of the, the perpetual giants of the AL East, while not necessarily bad because the entire division is over uh, 500, you know, also now also behind. But w- this is the thing about baseball as a season. 
it is very much a marathon, not a, a sprint, as much very as that much is cliche, so. but it's cliche for a reason. We might be sitting here um, heading into the postseason with a wildly different, you know, standing. And that's one of the reasons the conversation that we're having with the Rangers and the Astros. I, a lot of things can shift up, but I, I mean, the Rays, just the way that they build their team, it's, it's very clear that they have a, a proper MO on how they build a team, even though they are, you know, relatively cheap in the way they go about it. If you're going to be cheap, you better be right. And they seem to be right. And I, I think I, I like the way that they've built their team. Um, and I, I feel strongly in their capability. Hell, I mean, I feel like a plus 149 run differential is not is not smoking mirrors to some No, respect. they have dominated throughout the course of the regular season so far. Interesting question here from the 817 on the text line. If the Rangers play under 500 over the next couple of weeks, do you even want them to try and make trades? To which I say, yes. 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 They're in that mode. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has seen the future in terms of what this lineup can produce. When this team is healthy on in their rotation, this is one of the best teams in the American League, and I don't think they will give up on what the Rangers have accomplished so far, even in a two-week stretch where they may play 500 ball or maybe a couple of games under 500 because, again, you're going to go through stretches of a long marathon season, as you're just pointing out, of not playing well. But the Rangers, at least for the most part this season, have shown some staying power. Can they overcome, as the 940 puts it there, they have to adapt and overcome. Can they overcome what has been poor play in their last 10 games and get off to a good start to re-encourage fans yeah. about what that could be for them during the second yeah, half of the year? Yeah, I guess that's fair. I did not even just consider it from the fan aspect, but you've kind of set an intention. It seems like the perspective of the organization has been one that's been aggressive mm-hmm. outside of like trying to keep Jacob deGrom healthy, right? Like That was conservative, kind of crapped out there. All right, cool. Uh, but outside of that, like they've been fairly aggressive. They went and got Adolis Chapman or Aroldis Chapman. Sorry, combined two players there. Aroldis Chapman fairly early in this process, mm-hmm. which seemed to very clearly indicate they want to go win. Like they, this is not going to be a will play it by ear. They seem all the way in on buying and trying to go contend. And so I don't know that you know a, a, a tough start to the second half would be that much of a deterrent. The Texas Rangers begin their second half of their season tomorrow when they take on the Cleveland Guardians. The G-Bag Nation is going to be out at Globe Life Field to welcome home the good guys. Matt Hicks is going to be joining us at 820 here on the Get Right for Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. It is the Get Right here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. Speaking of the Cowboys, less than two weeks away from training camp out in sunny California. Vach Lombardi of the volume joins us next to give us his perspective on America's team. We'll do it next on The Get Right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Jeffrey Carroll holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation coming up here, oh, in about uh, 18 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League where this New York Jet got an entire bag today from the Jets in the Big Apple. We'll go around the NFL in 18 minutes here on your home of the Cowboys, 105 through the fan. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula. If you want to get at us on Twitter from the 817. Y'all, I've been waiting on a Vach appearance for what feels like forever. Well, guess what, 817? You don't have to wait any longer because on the line with us right now, you can find him on Twitter at Vach Lombardi, draft analyst, NFL analyst, YouTube extraordinaire, Cowboys content creator, Vots Lombardi joining us here on the Get Right. Vots, what's going on? What's good? What's good? Appreciate you for having me. I'm just uh, getting used to the key word in vacation, which is vacate. You know, I'm just trying not to do any work whatsoever because once training camp starts, it is not going to be over until like next May or something, you know? So I'm trying to enjoy my off day. Yeah, I mean, it's the way that you should do that. But um, have you been uh, surprised at how quiet it's been for the Cowboys this offseason? It feels like uh, out of the norm. Hey, man, you know, let's just knock on wood that nobody got arrested or nobody got hurt playing basketball or nobody, uh, you know, doing nothing goofy. You know, I, I, if, I mean, if you had to ask for my real pro answer, hey, this team is focused. You know, we, mm. you know, we got our sights set on the right thing. You know, we're, you know, we're just boxing people in gyms. We're not boxing people like out in public or nothing. You know what I mean? So this just means that, hey, maybe they just focused on getting better as opposed to, you know, doing nonsense. So, hey, it's good that I haven't heard a thing. When you look at what this team was able to do this offseason and now just less than two weeks away from training camp, have your feelings of confidence grown even more or is there something that still concerns you based off of what this team did and maybe didn't do this offseason in your mind? Let me tell you what I like about y'all, right? Because y'all know I'm a homer, for real, for real. Okay? <laughs> so, so what y'all do is you set me up to be a homer, but to bring my logic to the table, right? Like, if you ask yourself, okay, well, you know, did the running back situation get a little better? Well, sometimes less is more. Did your wide receiver situation get a little better? Okay, well, you know, we're in a playoff game versus the number one defense in the league. Okay, C.D. Lamb's doing his thing. The next option is December T.Y. Hilton humbling, you know, uh, 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 Gallup, and then we got Noah Brown. Did we get better from that situation? Yeah, we got better from that situation. Hey, uh, D-line, did we get better here? Sure. Carlos Watkins turned into a Mozzie Smith. We get a Jonathan Hankins from day one now, so he got camp things going on. Chauncey's going to keep getting bigger. He's going to turn into who he's going to be. Michael Parsons, you know, he's he's working out with, with D-line, and he's working out with O-line, and he's working out with everybody. He's going to be one year better. He's a year three guy. But the one one thing that we can continue to point to, right, is, boy, we got better at cornerback, too. You know, if there was one impediment to this defense towards the end of the season last year, it was cornerback, too. Dan Quinn fixed run defense up the middle. He fixed run defense to the outside. He fixed reverses. He fixed quick game. If there was one thing we couldn't deal with, anytime we'll shut something down, 
it was just an impediment. Oh, we just going to throw the ball versus cornerback two. And normally what the Cowboys would do to fix cornerback two is they'll call Daryl Worley and Nolan Carroll. Look, no offense to Daryl Worley and Nolan <laughs> Carroll. I'm sure they're fantastic, right? But it just feels much better to have a real top five corner by the metrics, not just by my thoughts and opinions, like by the numbers, Stephon Gilmore is a top five corner now, right? So you're just taking away all these things that you could possibly do to this Dan Quinn defense. The only thing that you got left is to pick on Deron Bland. He got five picks last year as a rookie, you know, and I can only assume that he's going to get better. So, you know, you can look and be like, well, Vach, you're, you're a homer, you know, you just can't say the Cowboys are going to be better, but man, like, tell me where they didn't get better, you know? And, you know, there's the you know, group of guys are going to be like, well, the quarterback vice, it don't matter. You can have this Pro Bowl, this top tier, everything else. Your quarterback is bad. Well, you know, show me where my quarterback is, like, terrible. You know what I mean? Like, he only looks bad versus the number one defense in the league. Everybody else, he just rips to shreds. Even the Eagles, the top five defense in the Eagles. It's just that number one defense in the league, the 49ers, that that can't beat with Noah Brown and T.Y. Hilton and Zeke and those characters in Dalton Schultz. Well, those problems got fixed. So let's see how our quarterback looks versus the number one guys. Because number two through 32 in the league, Dak seems to have a pretty good hold on those guys. All right, sounds like you're pretty comfortable with everything on the defense. But the one place where I don't want to say that like I'm uncomfortable, but I've been thinking, right? I've been thinking about the linebacker core. How do you feel about it, particularly with Demone Clark being stepped up to, hey, man, you got to play every every down now? So how about this, though, right? I was just doing some research and watching some film, and if y'all follow me on my social media Twitter machine, I've uh, been posting clips and I've been doing a lot of thinking, right? I thought, that, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, man, Van Der Esch is kind of injured guy, and Clark last year was injured guy, and besides that, the linebacker room doesn't look so thick. But think about this. We mostly run diamond nickel, so you only really need one or two of those guys. Then I started to think, right, if I told you that, J. Ron Curse and Donovan Wilson were kind of like linebackers to you. Would you kind of feel better about that? And you'll put your hand on your chin and you'll start to nod a little bit, right? I understand that Donovan is a safety, but let's ignore Donovan when he's playing free safety because, you know, he don't, he don't really fit there. But when Donovan walks down in the box and go follow me on Twitter, I just posted a clip so y'all can't call me fake on this one. When <laughs> Donovan Wilson walks down in the box, like, he's leading the team in tackles. He's leading the team in run defense, perimeter run defense and things like that. So, yeah, Dan's, Dan, Dan Quinn doesn't run this traditional defense, right, where we got three linebackers that we looking at we got a Sam Mike and a Will guy you know he, he doesn't run that type of defense we got two dudes just playing regular linebacker and we got a box safety that look like a linebacker and we got a nickel type situation that's bigger than all the other nickel type situations we call him big nickel and he does linebacker things sometimes right plus there's Michael Parsons just sitting around now I have a theory that last year, Micah played so much DN simply because Dorrance just couldn't hold down the run defense situation, right? So let's just say, for example, right, let's just say that Sam Williams, who is a better run defender, let's just say Sam Williams takes Dorrance's job. So now we have this full, both of my defensive ends are good at run defense because they only want to run to, to Lawrence's side, right? So say you got two good run-stopping DNs. Well, Michael Parsons can move around wherever he wants. Michael Parsons can be your extra linebacker dude. So, yeah, if Van Der Esch and Clark are your only linebackers, I'd feel upset too. But if your linebackers look like Van Der Esch and Clark and Micah and Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Curse, boy, that puts a smile on my face. That's very interesting because with Sam Williams last year, second on the team and tackles, you know, with 
tackles for loss last year, played really good in the limited snaps that he got. So imagining him on the outside opposite of Demarcus Lawrence, even with Dorrance Armstrong there, is a very interesting proposition. It's just, I think it gets to, Vots, the idea that there are a lot of things that Dan Quinn can play with in terms of this defense and how he can really put pressure on offenses going into this upcoming season. You know, it's funny. I remember once upon a time in the draft, there was this cat named Isaiah Simmons, Clemson guy, right? And he was the first of the I play linebacker and safety type guy. And everybody was blown away that he was the linebacker, you know, you know, safety type guy and that they overdrafted him and whatever, whatever. But they drafted him because he was such a different type of athlete. And now we fast forward just a couple years later, not not even too long, right? Dan Quinn got like six of them dudes. Right, he got six dudes that can just move around and do anything on his defense. Overshawn's the guy that we drafted this year that's just like that. Uh, so when I look at Dan Quinn, you know, there's this thing that I always go back to. If the player is a good player, then they're a hybrid slash versatile player. But if it's a bad player, we call them dudes tweeners, right? <laughs> Dan Quinn ain't got tweeners on his team. Like, he got dudes that are legitimately good in many places. Now, once upon a time, no disrespect to Rob Marinelli because I love what he did. But Rob Marinelli had a bunch of tweeners, right? He just had dudes that could do multiple things in multiple different spots. But we felt like he didn't have a plan for him. He was just a dude, hey, Tyrone Crawford, you can be and be got this game and be fine. Oh, but just all of a sudden next year, we just going to put you at DN and just hope that it works out there. That's not what the Cowboys now do. Like, if you look at Chauncey Golston, you know, Chauncey Gosler was a guy that, that he wasn't the, the biggest dude in the world. Like, he was a solid, bigger DN-type character. But Dan Quinn waved his finger at him and said, you know what, I need you to put on some pounds and be like a three-tech type of guy. And that's exactly what Chauncey did. And Cha- Chauncey got a little better. He started to improve. Um, guys like Oso Digizua, who was a one-tech, zero-tech type of guy. He was he was getting triple-teamed in college. He was 280 pounds. He said, you know, Osa, I think I need to put you in B-gap right now. And now Osa's one of those surging three-tech B-gap guys. Dan Quinn waves his finger at you, and you just show up with this job, and before you know it, you're good at this job. I remember when we first got J. Ron Curse, I was like, well, look at J. Ron Curse, special teams guy. You got to do something. Jeff, he's gone. You need a special teams guy. But Dan waved his finger, and now he's a dude that we're, like, counting on and we paid money to, and he's going to be around, right? And he's green, that guy. He's calling your defense. So as long as Dan's here, I, I got confidence, man. I like to trust my own football mind. You know, we're all fans, and we can look at Kellen Moore and be like, Kellen Moore, what you did was trash. But Kellen didn't earn credibility with us. Dan Quinn has earned enough credibility where he can start Carlos Watkins in the middle of the season. I go, you know what? I trust Dan Quinn. So I trust Dan Quinn. You're listening to the excited voice and the exciting voice of Vach Lombardio, the volume. Now, Vach, you got a lot of positivity here. Some might say you're spinning it positive, but all right, how are you going to do this with the running back when you're talking about, uh, I guess, a offensive play caller that says he wants to run the damn ball, and you have a feature back of Tony Pollard and where are we going, Ronald Jones? Are we going Are we going Deuce Vaughn? Like, How, how do you view this? How do you, is, the, is it all positivity or you got a little bit of question marks in there as well? If Mike McCarthy comes out and tells you anything, it's the opposite of what that's going to be. <laughs> right? I don't trust him no more. I just don't have belief in Mike McCarthy no more. And, 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 and you know, shots out to our media members, shots out to the B-Rides. I'm not saying that they lying. You can just tell us what they told you. You know what I mean? So I believe that we should be a run-heavy team, but I'm not going to believe McCarthy till I see it. We're talking about a dude that we show up in training camp and we just ain't got numbers on the jersey. Like, why is this the thing? We know that's C.D. Land. We know what his hair looks like, but that's Mike McCarthy, right? So um, I, 
I got faith in the running game. I'll tell you why. Because we got four at quarterback. You know what I mean? Like we have four at, and, and when you have a, a quarterback that can that can elevate guys, people seem to believe that that can't elevate guys. But guys like Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson and Dalton Schultz would beg to differ with all this new money that they, you know, when Randall Cobb got his money, they beg to differ, right? So when you have a quarterback like like Dak, everything else is just do his own thing, play his own role. Plus, when Tony has has been the guy, like when there's a situation where it be, oh, Zeke is in trouble, Zeke is holding out, Zeke uh, pinky toe hurt, you know, whenever we called for Tony to be the main guy, Tony was the main guy, and Tony was fantastic. Plus, when Zeke was playing, while Tony was playing, every time Zeke would get the ball, much respect to Zeke. He'll be a cowboy ring of honor type character one day. But boy, Zeke would scamper on first and 10 for that one-yard gain. It'll make us sick. And we were screaming our TV because every time Tony touched the ball, something good happened. So why 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 would just all of a sudden when Tony touched the ball, bad things will happen now? I'm, I'm just not going to believe that. If anything, we got a play caller now that'll go, hey, let's give Tony the ball. Let's throw Tony the ball. Let's line Tony up at receiver. Let's run a screen. So if anything, Tony's going to get a little better. And I think for the most part, Cowboy Nation is, is pretty positive on Tony. The only thing that they got is, well, Vash, what are we going to do with all them Zeke touchdowns? Well, them one-yard runs, I don't know what we're going to do with one-yard runs, those one-yard touchdown runs. Hey, maybe behind, you know, you know, run behind Tyler Smith, run behind Zach Martin, let Dak Prescott throw the ball, let Dak Prescott quarterback sneak it, give it, give it to Deuce Vaughn. He's short. They can't find him. You got options, but <laughs> let's, just not, let's just not create – Let's just not create this thing. Well, Tony's been good ever since he's been here, and it ain't like he got a whole bunch of tread on it. I mean, well, he got plenty of tread on the tire. Pardon me, he got plenty of tread on that tire, man. Tony doesn't have a bunch of carries. Let Tony be Tony, and when it's time for him to get paid again, he'll be in Jacksonville somewhere, and we'll draft another dude. Tony'll be fine. From the two hundred four, I need Vice to call me every morning and give me a pep talk to start my day. That's Love how you, bro. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for in. Yeah, well, you know You're what? You're my guy. Is that a, is that, is that a side <laughs> hustle for you, Vach? You going to Motivational up, uh, speaker. Yeah. Hell no. Don't call me. I'm sleeping, man. I'll call you. Hit me. Hit me. Look, DM me on Twitter, and I will get to you when I get to you. <laughs> Vach, tell the folks where they can find you. What you got going on, man? Hey, man, follow me on Vice Lombardi, V-O-C-H-L-O-N-B-A-R-D-I on all platforms. Follow me on the volume also. And catch me in Oxnard training camp. Catch mm. me on pad week, so July 31st. I'll be out there. Appreciate y'all. Salute. There he goes, Vice Lombardi of the volume. Good enough to join us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Vice is a wealth of knowledge and energy. From the 469, I never heard, I never heard my man take a breath. <laughs> I'm telling you. I think Vach might have been spinning a little hard, though. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, on that running back. <laughs> Look, I hear you. Look, man, I'm I'm in on the Tony Pollard experience. I think that it'll go yeah. well. We might be asking a lot, like, just in football in general. And we were talking about in mm-hmm. you know pre pre show. Um, your guy um, Bill Barnwell of yeah. ESPN writing a fantastic piece about running backs. And one of the things we're talking about is just like how teams have gone away from the feature back situation where, you know, you have a, you know, a group of guys that are here to carry the load. It doesn't feel like you have a group of guys. And so I think it's fair to have concern about especially a dude coming off of running uh, off of an injury. Like not that the the production won't be good. It's it's football. It's car crash sport. Death. 17 games. Yeah. Right? Like, so, uh, anyways, he's he's in, more than entitled to his, his opinion because he's, a, you know, really good. He has the bona fides in may, being able to watch this tape and turn it around and have good analysis. 
I just got a little skepticism there. Just a little bit. <laughs> it's the get right for Reggie KG right here on 105 for the fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League where this jet got paid today. I'll tell you who he was next on the get right. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yep. Jeffrey Carroll holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on this Thursday night on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula if you want to get at us on Twitter. Coming up at the top of the hour here on the Get Right. Five realistic NBA trades that can happen this offseason. This week, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, as we... Finish out list week here on the Get Right. Hopefully you've enjoyed some of that, uh, especially at 1020. And if you haven't, hey, man, we on the radio, dog. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the idea that we're that there's some level of content. That's what list week is. Appreciate Vod Lombardi of the volume for joining us uh, last segment here on the Get Right. Uh, absolutely fantastic stuff for him. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Vod Lombardi. Uh, Jeffrey, let's go around the National Football League here on the get right. Uh, as we do, we start in the Big Apple because money was handed out today. A big time bag. Where? Was, why hey, I get? Why I get none? Uh, do you play defensive tackle at an All Pro level? I do not. Okay, then. So you didn't get any of the ninety six million dollars uh, that Quinn and Williams got today as the Jets. And the star defensive tackle reached a $96 million deal, four years, $96 million contract extension, which includes $66 million guaranteed. This coming from ESPN's Adam Schefter. It's the largest guarantee in franchise history, surpassing linebacker uh, C.J. Mosley's $51 million as a free agent back in 2019 when he signed there as a free agent. Williams, of course, just 25 years of age, had one year remaining on his rookie contract, is now with the going to be with the Jets through the 2027 NFL season. Williams' uh, extension makes him the second highest paid defensive tackle in all of the NFL based on average annual value. The only other person making more than Quentin Williams on average at defensive tackle? That's right. Aaron Donald, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, young, he has youth, elite. He's been all pro, 12 sacks from the defensive tackle position. He's a monster. No brainer. <laughs> it's a no brainer. And it also uh, gives us this excuse to play uh, one of my favorite pieces of audio of all time when it comes to uh, Quentin Williams cut number eight, please. Uh, the dedication of different uh, character things. Blessed himself after a sneeze without missing a beat. That's that's a big boy. He takes care of himself, (laughs) including in the sneeze department. He's not waiting for you to bless him. He said, I'll bless myself. How about this? The Jets now have the two highest paid players at their respective positions in Williams, of course. And now Aaron Rodgers, you know, is making 50.3 million dollars on average. The quarterback, the New York Jets. I mean, they're paying an elite player in one of those situations. Wow. Hmm? Wow. What happened? What are you doing over there? Just at work, chilling. What mm-hmm. about you? Mm-hmm. A little Aaron Rodgers slander on this. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I knew, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you did. 
see that look on your face. I know exactly what you're over there doing. Nothing happened. You coming for Aaron Rodgers in that way? I don't know what you're talking about. Where does Aaron Rodgers fit in the hierarchy of AFC quarterbacks for you? AFC quarterbacks? Are right. oh, we going to make this nice and easy? Uh, one, two, three. There's, I mean, there's three that's easy that we can throw over top of him, right? Um, and then I'm assuming you're talking about Burrow, or excuse me, let's go in order: Mahomes, Burrow, and Josh Allen. That's right. Okay. Um, now, the, then, then you start to ask the question: Which Aaron Rodgers gonna pop out? Is it the one that started slowing down, or is it the one who had the FU MVPs? Let's go with the FU MVPs. If that's the case, then okay, we can start talking about him. At four? At four. Otherwise, six. Oh, behind who? Lamar. Okay. And, oh, I might it Herbert? No, actually not Herbert. I, ooh, Whoa, do I go Herbert whoa. or T-Law? T- Her- Herbert or T-Law? You could get him, you can get him down to eight if you wanted to. Oh, you might have T-Law ahead of Aaron Rodgers? If it starts slowing down like it did that one time. Who knew we had a quarterback hot take artist to my uh, radio right over here? Hey, man, apparently Fox Sports trying to give some, someone some money to sit across <laughs> the <Steve, laughs> Skip Bayless. I'm trying to get myself up, buddy. What you mean? Oh, man. That's a – oh, boy. Yeah, I would have Rodgers probably no lower than fifth in the hierarchy of AFC quarterbacks. You're probably right. Uh, I would go no lower than fifth. But, hey, I, I am so fascinated to watch Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore cook together in Los Angeles. Sure, it's going to be really interesting to see because I don't know that it necessarily will validate any opinions right or wrong with the Cowboys, but we gonna, we sure going to make it. We're going to make it validate some opinions right or wrong from when he was with the Cowboys. I mean, if Kellen Moore, that, let's say just for conversation, say that Kellen Moore in that offense dropping, you know, 30, 32 points a game, Herbert's throwing, you know, for a bazillion yards, you know, 45 touchdowns. But and- then they lose in the wild card round and we'll move the, <laughs> we'll move the goalposts. That's what we do. And the Cowboys come out here and score, you know, a modest 24, 25 points a game. Dak's numbers are good, but not, you know, eye-popping in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder what that conversation would look like in terms of was Kellen Moore held back by Mike McCarthy or what the whatever the case may be. Uh, they'll be a fascinating team to watch. Uh, this upcoming season in the National Football League. Uh, you got to uh, a piece of news. We might as well uh, jump on it now. Wait, what did I do? Uh, you hold, mentioned this whole thing about you know Skip Bayless. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, because Andrew Marshawn, um, you know, NFL, or excuse me, sports media, you know, writer and analyst and newsbreaker uh, in New York, dropped this piece of knowledge on us that apparently – Richard Sherman is under consideration and is a candidate to be Skip Bayless's new partner on FS1's Undisputed. Of course, Marshawn with the New York Post uh, doing his thing there. To which I say, um, okay. Yeah, that's that's the response. Oh, Look, okay. it's a reason why they're taking time off to try and find the right. Like, I, it's it's going to be hard to please folks on this, right? Like, because one, Skip Bayless is on the show. Um, There's that, but to, like two, in in a more serious tone, like having somebody that fits with Skip Bayless is going to be tough. And then also, I think people are sick of this format of show, anyways. Well, at least they say they're sick of it, and then ultimately, ratings pop up. But um, not <laughs> necessarily for for this you know, undisputed. But you, correct, you, you get <laughs> what I mean. Um, 
And then the tough thing about it is, like, you've got to bring a lot of personality in that situation as well. And Rich Sherman has some of that. I don't know that he has enough personality to, like, intrigue in that way. Plus, I immediately, me personally, I immediately go, oh, man, what happens when we start talking about all of the sports situations? Cause That's right. Richard Sherman on football, sure, I'll hear yeah. it out. Richard Sherman on basketball, like, obviously, he'll need to build that credibility. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's not, it's going to be hard to find somebody that, one, you could get in there that does not already have a profile that has the credibility in all the different areas that you need to make that show go. You know what I mean? Well, if we get this version of Richard Sherman, you know, dunking on Skip Bayless on a daily basis, uh, I might be in for it. How good do you believe you are? Well, I believe my numbers speak for themselves. I mean, my tape speaks for myself, for itself. My tape is my resume. That's, that's what I leave it up to. I mean, you can say whatever you want. Skip can say whatever he wants, but Skip, whenever you refer to me, whenever you speak to me, whenever you address me, address, address me as all pro Stanford graduate, because those are some accomplishments you will never, you can aspire to, you will never accomplish. You have never accomplished anything. So, but um, those things are on my resume. Those are, those are what I've done. It's my second year in the NFL, going on my third. I mean, you tell me who's wrong. Okay, I'll accept that. I think I've accomplished more in my field than you have in yours, though you're just getting started. So, so I'm I'm the top of my field. So I'm all pro. I'm the best, one okay. of the best 22 players in the NFL. You're, you're going to brush it off, but I don't think you're the best 22 anything in sports and in, in media and well, anything. I think you debatable. think more of yourself than you actually can, you know, prove. But okay. I'll, you think you're like better than Darrell like Revis is right now? In my in my 24 years of life. I'm better at life than you. <laughs> oh, boy. From, from the uh, 817, they're not feeling the idea of watching Richard Sherman uh, across from Skip Bayless uh, every day on FS1's Undisputed. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. That's all I got to say because whomever decides to sit across and get whatever kind of bag comes with that, yeah. Man, it's, 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 a, tough, uh, it's a tough dance that you're going to have to pull off in order to make that show go on a daily. Um, and with that clip, you can really hear how how raw Rich Sherman is in the media space. He's obviously gotten better that he's doing Thursday night football and everything, right. but like he's not the like the most polished just yet. And of course, that comes with time. Uh, he went right to that personal attack, didn't he? Though <laughs> he went straight for the jugular. He's like, I know that I know what's coming uh, down that way, so I'm gonna hit you before you hit me. Yeah, yeah. He was not. You think he would bring that up on his first day? I think that. Probably should, <laughs> right? Like if you want, if you want to start the virality of it, right? Which is which is a portion of the calculus on new shows. Yeah, man, go ahead and start there. Why not? <laughs> From the eight one seven, those arguments are going to be hilarious memes. There you go. <laughs> we on the same page, eight one seven. Oh wow. You coming for Richard Sermon slander from two on four? Never follow the receiver. Hey, don't don't blame him for the covers that he was playing out there. You know, lead you to boom. By the way, Dan Quinn, shout out to him. Uh, last piece of news here on the get right as we go around the National Football League. Uh, former Georgia staffer sues the school and Eagles, uh, Jalen Carter. Uh, Victoria Bowles, who survived the fatal car wreck that killed a University of Georgia football player and recruiting staffer on January the 15th, has filed a lawsuit against the Georgia Athletic Association and Philadelphia Eagles rookie Jalen Carter, whom police accused of racing the SUV being driven by a recruiting staffer when uh, it wrecked. The lawsuit filed in state court in Gwinnett County on Wednesday by Bowles, a former recruiting analyst for the university, accuses the UGA Athletic Association of negligence and contradicts public statements by Bulldogs football coach 
Kirby Smart and other officials who have claimed that recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix shouldn't have been driving the least SUV when it left the road and struck trees and utility poles. Um, yeah, that's – um, it's interesting because, I mean, suing the school makes sense. Suing Carter himself, I guess I can't really speak to that. Like, I don't know exactly what my response is in that way, but, like, I absolutely understand. Look, man, there was negligence here. And one of the tough things about it is, like, Georgia as a school, especially, like, a lot of schools that have the amount of power that that school has – they kind of get away with things like that. So I, I almost, and I don't even know if this is like right or wrong, but I almost like side with this staffer. Like, yo, I hope that you can manage to make them pay or make them feel some level of uh, remorse or pain or whatever. I don't know exactly what the right word is off of this because this there is there is some negligence within this in the ways that um sometimes these, these organizations allow things to happen, you know? Um, but the tough thing about it is like, combating that particular feeling is I don't know if that's if that's even going to be the accountability that is truly necessary that's just me looking for like something to make this feeling better you know and that's I guess that's the scary part is like look I know that these organizations these these schools are still going to be able to kind of get away with and do whatever they want in some some ways sorry for the uh negative note on the end of this uh that's your trip around the national football <laughs> bad dog. on the get right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, though, here on the Get Right, five realistic NBA trades that can happen this offseason. This week, baby. And did Mark Cuban just confirm that this Maverick is coming back this upcoming season? Excuse me? Next on the Get Right. I'm better at life than you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 